0: Hi, this is Karen Rowland, founder of Hush Providence. Welcome to my new weekly well-being podcast, Real People, Real Conversations, Real Life. We'll be talking about all things relating to the human experience. What makes up a life? What creates joy and happiness? What makes humans the same or different? How do we care for ourselves and each other? We'll even try to answer the five W's of well-being. Who, what, what? When, where, and why, and how this all fits together—a little ambitious, maybe—but join us as we connect with local topic experts, peers, mentors, and healers. Welcome to Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. I'm excited today to introduce our two moms, Shelby Olivier Crofts, associate brand manager at Hasbro, Sarah Moffat Knott, senior manager, global philanthropy and social impact at Hasbro. Welcome, ladies.
1: Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank
0: you. You both are URI graduates um, and you've both been working at Hasbro for about eight years.
2: Did you know each other at URI? We do. No. no. But I knew Sarah's husband, now husband, he wasn't yes. then.
1: <laughs> and she knew my sister.
2: <laughs> yes, I worked with her sister. Yep. <laughs> I had the privilege of in working with life. both of you at Hasbro
0: for a little while, and I'm excited to catch up today. There's lots of lots to talk about. Shelby, can you
2: share a little bit about your role at Hasbro
0: as uh, you're in consumer marketing, fashion and preschool brands?
2: Yep. So this past year, Hasbro created a new team for marketing. So consumer marketing focused on the marketing communications and my position for the fashion and preschool brands. So all the doll and girl stuff like um Now, Furby, it's public, I can say Furby, (laughs) um, yes, My Little Pony, um, Baby Alive, and I'm focused heavily on Peppa, Peppa Pig. So doing all the marketing for that. So like the commercials for the brand and the toy and all different communications and campaign elements for those brands.
0: And Sarah, can you tell us about your role with um, philanthropy and playing with purpose?
1: Yes. So I work, I've been working on our philanthropy and social impact team um, on employee volunteerism, and then more recently cause marketing with any of the brands across Hasbro Wizards E1. Um, And then last year when I came back from leave, I had an opportunity to work on our ESG team and putting out our ESG report playing with purpose. So really doing a lot across Hasbro's purpose organization.
0: That's awesome. So the greatest predictor of tomorrow's health is the well-being of today's babies and small children. According to the Center on Developing Child at Harvard, we improve child outcomes when we invest in the adults who care for them. So I'd love to talk about your families, and you can just start by introducing them to us. Shelby?
2: I have a wonderful family. My husband, Nate, um, we've been together for almost 14 years now and married for almost two. Um, And together we've got three fur babies. So our dogs, Lola, Ollie, and Stella. It is a tongue twister when you say them all (laughs) together. And then our newest addition is our daughter, Scarlett, who just turned a year old. So she is the light of our life. We love her. She's awesome, and Nate's great. Very helpful and supportive with her and the dogs in our whole life. Sarah,
1: and I am married to my husband Paul. We have been dating. We've been together for ten years. Married almost four. Um, we have our son Liam. He's 18 months old. And we also have quite a few animals in the house. We have our dog Penny, two cats, Leo and Luna, and we have a couple of chickens that we adopted during the pandemic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a couple of questions. What surprised you most about being a mom? Maybe talk about your biggest challenges, your biggest joys.
2: I would say the most surprising thing for me was how much is expected of moms as like the quote unquote default parent and then how much that is reflected back from like how much that turns into surprise when dad's help so it's hard to explain but um it's shocking to me that dads get so much praise for doing such a little thing like if my husband was seen like feeding Scarlett a bottle or changing a diaper, it's like, Oh my gosh, what a great dad. He's so supportive and loving. Like no one says that when you see a mom change a diaper or feed a baby, you know? So while I knew I was doing the hard work and putting in a lot of effort, it felt like um, I didn't get recognized for it. And not that I needed to, it was just shocking to me how little men have to do to be praised for their role as a father. And never mind when they are like Nate or I'm assuming Paul going above and beyond and being awesome. It um it's just interesting to see how it's perceived and praised to me. Yeah. any comment?
1: It's interesting. I think um in my household, my husband was raised by an incredible single mom. She did everything. Um, and so he's incredibly helpful and supportive. And so I don't think we have that within our family because the expectation is that everybody kind of helps out. And, you know, my parents were divorced. So at my mom's house, my mom did everything. My dad did everything at his house. And so I think just the the reality of the way in which we were both raised didn't set that same expectation in our family, but I have seen it from outside of my family. And so, for example, I was in work last, uh, in New York City for work last week, and I got asked, Well, who's staying with Liam? And I was like, oh, obviously. <laughs> His <laughs> father. He, he's traveled a ton, and I've never gotten that question. So it just,
2: no. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. And it's, I will say, it's not from my family. They expect, um, we were, both raised by single mothers, and they expect all the support you can get from a dad. But um, that traveling thing cracks me up for sure because I took a week away for work and it was like, oh, how are you doing that? Like, how are you managing? Where's Scarlett? Who's taking care of her? Um, and then just the concept like you always hear working moms, you, no one calls dads working dads. Yeah. It's just, and it's expected for them to work just like it's expected for moms to do the caretaking. But now, we live in a world where moms also have to work. so men also have to do caretaking.
0: Mm-hmm. Any other challenges you want to highlight?
1: The sleep for me. I mean, everyone talks about how much you have to function on no sleep, but my son just did not sleep through the night for over a year. And so I just was so blindsided by how hard that was. Uh, we're finally sleeping through the night, but it was like just almost impossible to try and function with no he would be up every two hours and it was just so difficult and I don't think I mean I knew it was going to be a thing but for me particularly it was just really difficult that's That's an extreme
2: though for over a year not more than two hours so I give you a lot of credit for getting through it and look (laughs) at you you're thriving (laughs) um (laughs) I would say one of the challenges I constantly face is like mom guilt or mom doubt. It's like an ever nagging thought in your mind. If you're doing the right thing and making the right choices, um, like, am I teaching Scarlet enough so that she'll develop appropriately? Should I stay home and spend more time with her? Like, should I not be focused on my career? So that way I can have a better relationship for her and be the primary caretaker. But if I don't send her to daycare, will she actually learn and be social and all of that? I think no matter what choice you make and what you do, whether it's the big decisions or the day-to-day of what you're feeding your kid, like you're always like, Oh, is this right? How is this going to affect them? And you sometimes forget you have to do also what's right for you and what's good for your sanity and your well-being. Um, because you just make yourself sick over all the choices. So.
1: There's so many choices. That's, yeah, I, I don't think I thought about how many choices there were going to be in the first year of like, oh, you know, how will you feed them? And how will you introduce solids? And what will be the caretaking schedule? There's just how will you sleep train all these things. And I think you and I are similar in that we're both kind of perfectionists. (laughs) And um, a lot of it is the pressure that we put on ourselves, but also some of it is external and societal. I ended up taking a break from social media just because I didn't want to look at all of the mom TikToks and Instagrams and Reels. I just wanted to have a social media free summer and kind of enjoy our lives and take a break from it.
0: That's a good idea for everybody. Probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You both completed your first year. Congratulations. You got through year one. Do you have any advice for maybe a new mom? That's just kind of entering that, that cycle.
1: I think it's so important to think about your village and Mm -hmm. lean on people for support, whether it's, you know, the first couple of nights of needing someone to come in so you can nap during the day. If it's support, if you decide to breastfeed with support with that, just really building a community of people that you can lean on and support because you shouldn't have to do it all. And we're one of the few cultures that does kind of put it all on the mom. Like in other cultures, you're seeing multi-generational families or the community comes together to help raise the kid. And I think you sort of have to DIY your village, you know, here, but I think it's so important.
2: I would say my biggest tip is, um, just know that no matter what you do, nothing can prepare you for it other than doing it. Um, it's like, what do they say? Baptism by fire, like you're just thrown into it and that's how you learn. And it's different for everyone. So what works for one baby or one mom and dad's not going to work for every single baby and parent. So I think, um, you just have to give yourself grace and patience as hard as it is to, um, give yourself the time and space to figure out what's going to work for your family and know that eventually you will figure it out and you will have peace and, um, a calm, happy households will come back to you.
0: <laughs> I love that. And now a shout out to our sponsor, the good seed market, One Thirty Eight central Avenue, Seekonk, Massachusetts started in 1989 by three friends with a goal of creating a neighborhood market offering simple, natural, organic products for a healthy lifestyle. Now a member of the independent Natural Foods Retailer Association, our friends at The Good Seed are offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first purchase just by mentioning Hush Providence, The Good Seed Market, a place where ideas can grow. So being from a different generation, Shelby, I think I actually went to school with your mother. We went to Catherine Gibbs together 100 years ago. Um, But that was sort of in the 70s was probably the start of um, women getting back into the workforce, being career minded, trying to look for that work-life balance um, situation. And now fast forward, we're still in the whole Me Too Too movement. Um, There's some glass ceilings that are being broken But there's still sort of, is the mind shift actually happening? I don't know if you saw the new Barbie movie. I think we talked about that a few minutes ago, but I recommend it because there's a lot of great messaging in there. It's a little weird, but it's also amazing. Um, But you're representing the next generation in this whole crazy experiment of gender roles. So even though we touched on a little bit uh, a few minutes ago, do you think that we as women can actually achieve a healthy balance and boundaries with intention? Do you see a shift?
1: I see a shift but I also think we're not fully there yet I think sometimes I feel like I'm expected to parent like I'm not working and I'm expected to work like I'm not a parent and part of it is pressure that I put on myself but I do find it
2: really difficult to maintain the boundaries even with the intention yeah I couldn't agree more I think Sarah said it perfectly and I think it's a societal mindset a personal values thing and also um I think our country needs like the programs and the resources and expectations to do so like extending maternity leave and paternity leave and equal parental leave and things like that. Um, I think other countries do it well. And then it does just what you were saying, Karen, takes care of the people that are raising the children in a really great way that allows society and our youngest people to grow up healthy and strong and
0: mindful that's a good segue into work and so you're both doing hybrid work right your work schedules so i would imagine that's helpful um yes. there's flexibility childcare can you speak to some of those things that maybe you're you have access to or the things that are important
1: yeah i think hasbro is a place where you can have flexibility if you have open conversations with your manager and with hr um i think pre covid i don't know how i would have done it because i live kind of far from the office and thinking about five days a week dropping off at daycare and at seven and picking him up it would be 6 30 at the earliest he goes to bed at seven so I would in reality get an hour most in the day if I was still working in the office five days a week so I'm extremely grateful for the hybrid and um, the flex hours that we are offered.
2: Yeah I second that I Take full advantage of the flex hours because I take Scarlett to and from her daycare and then I work from home. And luckily, my daycare is very close to my house. So it's super convenient for me to go pick her up and then spend as much time as I can with her before she goes to bed. And thinking of going to the office every day, I just don't know how people did it, how they got out of their house and were ready and fed and their kids were ready for the day and they were working by 8 a.m. I just, And I'm a morning person and that still blows my mind. So um, I'm very grateful to work from home most of the time and take advantage of those flex hours so that I can get those beginning and end of the day moments with Scarlett. Do
0: you see that changing anytime soon, the whole hybrid work situation?
1: I think it's hard to pull it back in. I think some companies are trying, but I think the benefits that you're seeing for employees. And I I was listening to your um, episode with Allie yesterday, and um, just talking about making work more human and really investing in the whole well-being of uh, your workforce. And I think this is something that offers so much benefit to employees, especially working parents.
2: Yeah, I do think there's definitely resistance about it changing and going back to the old ways. And I think um, at least from my point of view, it's like, why would we go back to full in office work schedules? But um, I guess only time will tell. I personally don't know how I would be able to manage it with the um, toddler or baby, but um, so in the meantime, I'll just enjoy the hybrid benefits.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about self-care and are you making time for that for yourselves? Cause that's so important. Um, is that top of mind? I know we talked about sleep a little bit, but Is there anything else that you're doing in your routine that that you want to share?
1: I think before I had a kid, I had this vision of self-care of like, okay, on Friday afternoons, I'm going to go do yoga or I'm going to go for a run. And that is just not achievable (laughs) anymore. And so I think what I've had to realize is that it's like meeting myself where I'm at for self-care and making it attainable because the idea of, going to yoga class is amazing. I would love that. But to find a sitter and to pay for the class and to get there, like then I would be not relaxed the whole time. So, you know, I think um, I've tried to find things that I can do at home and also things that I can incorporate Liam into. So whether that's like gardening or doing stuff in my house, um, I think that is giving me more peace of mind than trying to like achieve these self-care goals that I had kind of framed up for myself prior.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think like actual true, what you consider self-care time, like going and getting a mani-pedi or whatever that has gone out the window for me. Um, But I try to make the most of like little micro joys. Like I'll walk to get Scarlett from daycare because it's near my house. So I have that walk there by myself and then walk together, walk with her back home. And that's really nice because I get a little me time outside, get my body moving and then get to enjoy it with her on the way back. And that's nice. And then um, just the ability to say no, when people ask you to do things, whether that's um, taking scarf somewhere for like someone's birthday party and it's an hour away and it'll totally ruin our schedule. I give myself the freedom to say, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. Just for my own sanity and well being. And I think little things like that really go a long way in protecting our uh, mindsets.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: And just gratitude, you know, just at the
0: end of the day, you know, listing three things that that yeah. can go a long way too. That's that's self-care in its own way. So
1: it is. Yeah. And I, I think I had great role models in my my mom and my grandmother. My grandmother raised six kids, lived to 96. She was an incredible woman, but she always uh, was able to have sort of independent hobbies and values and a career. And that was not really the case back then. And I think having that as a role model has been really helpful to keep that a priority and show Liam that I have interests and I have a career and I'm not, I'm your mom. I'm so dedicated to being your mom, but I also am my own person too. And I want him to be his own person.
0: Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time today. Cause I know that's a, that's, that means so much to me that you did that. Um, I hear the twos are even more fun than the ones. So, I mean, good luck with all of that. Buckle up. But I really appreciate you being here. Cheers to happy, healthy little ones. Thank you to our listeners. Until next time, be well. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. so much for listening to Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. This would not be possible without the incredible help from Jamie Farinella and Stephanie Whitehead on branding and logo concept. John Papa's endless generosity. David Davignon and Austin Lynch for their skilled technical expertise, and of course, our amazing guests and all of you, our listeners. Until next time, be well.